السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ الحمد للہ الحمد للہ نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن يتق الله يجعل له مخرجا ويرزقه من حيث لا يحتسب وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اني اسالك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى او كما قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم مولاي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم respected honorable ulama respected and beloved elders brothers and our young ones as insan in this world we are prone to go through trials tribulations adversities difficulties unconducive conditions as much as we will enjoy happiness prosperity affluence and this is the life that allah tbaraka wa taala had chalked out for insan on the surface of this world when we glean through the quran kareem allah subhanahu wa taala amongst other places in one place allah tbaraka wa taala speaks about the reason why allah puts us through adversities through difficulties trials and tribulations allah says walaqad arsalna ila ummin min qablik faakhadnahum bil ba'sa'i wadh-dara'i la'allahum yatadhar'un falawla idh ja'ahum ba'suna tadhar'u walakin qasad qulubuhum wa zayyana lahumush shaytanu ma kanu ya'malun when we examine this ayat we will come to the conclusion that difficulties hardships in this world is nothing but a blessing from allah a boon from allah taala allah taala says that we had sent before you o muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam many ummats and to them we sent many anbiya alaihi wassalatu wassalam the communities the people did not believe in the anbiya alaihi wassalatu wassalam allah afflicted them with difficulties adversities and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says la'allahum yatadarraun so that they may humble themselves in front of allah taala 
the greatest ibadat and the closest a slave can get to Allah Ta'ala is to humble ourselves in front of Allah wa Ta'ala. فَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا تَذَرَّعُوا Then why when these difficulties had come upon them, why did they not humble themselves? We go through different conditions sometimes, the loss of a close family member, a spouse, a parent, a child, a sibling. It's supposed to bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala by way of our humbleness and humility in front of Allah wa Ta'ala. And if we do not do that, then what happens? The heart becomes hard and then shaitan begins to decorate the wrong that we do. A person not long ago had a child that from birth doctors had confirmed, medical practitioners had confirmed that this child from a medical point of view is not going to live for very long. And this person then decided to turn towards Allah Ta'ala, get up for tahajjud. He says, I never got up for tahajjud in my life before. A person that was, we may use the term, floating or drowning in affluence. I hadn't got up for tahajjud in my life before. And now the birth of this child in that condition turned me towards Allah and I began to beg from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that process, I began to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is almighty and Allah can change conditions. However, I also learned that whatever Allah Ta'ala so desires to do with the child, Allah Ta'ala will do. He says, the child left this world. But my gain, I gain closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in essence, difficulties, adversities that come upon us is not necessarily a negative factor. It is not necessarily something that we need to be afraid of. But rather it is an advantage to us if we utilize it in the way that Allah Ta'ala speaks about in this ayat and we gain that closeness to Allah. And in the face of difficulties, if we cannot turn towards Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, then the heart becomes hard, shaitan comes between us and our hearts and our amal, and shaitan makes us feel decorates and adorns all the wrong that we do for us to believe that it is correct. Amongst the trials and difficulties we are going through as an ummah, possibly one difficulty will be that of our risk and our sustenance. Today, wherever you go, the aftermath of COVID-19, the aftermath of the looting in Kawazulu Natal, many will have a different story to tell us. And I thought it may be worth our while to look into the Quran and the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and try to understand very briefly the concept of risk and sustenance 
And secondly, steps that we can take to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that Allah ta'ala will give us barakah in whatever we earn. On the outset, Allah ta'ala says, وَلِلَّهِ خَزَائِنُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ The khazana, the treasures of the skies and the earth, all belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِنَّهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهُ إِلَّا The treasures, the keys to the treasures of Allah is only in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِن مِّن شَيْءٍ إِلَّا عِنْدَنَا خَزَائِنُ There is nothing but its khazana, its treasures is in our hands. Understand that the treasures of Allah Ta'ala is not only rands and cents. Happiness, love and compassion, good character, good deeds, all of that make up this treasure of Allah. And Allah says that the treasure of Allah Ta'ala is in abundance. There is a variety of those treasures, but how are we going to draw those treasures of Allah Rabbul Izzat? Awf bin Malik Ashja'i narrates that once his son was captured by some enemies, and this became very difficult for him and his wife to bear. He goes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he puts forth his case to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam consoles him and says to him that you and your wife should recite La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah in abundance. He says, I went home and we began the practice as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had commanded La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah il ali il azim in itself is a bayan. But nonetheless, we went on. And then, a time had come, whenever our son returned home, not alone, but with herds of camels, and also flocks of sheep. Now, this person, Of bin Malik, he goes back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam on two missions. One mission is to give the glad tidings to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that our son has come home. But look at the taqwa, look at that piety, the consciousness of Allah that is this that he has brought home. These camels, this livestock, is it permissible for him to have done that? The situation was that the captors had lowered the guard, he managed to escape, he saw the herd, he saw the flock and he moved with it. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam responded in the positive that it is permissible, this is a form of booty, a form of spoils that has come down from Allah Rabbul Izzat. And to confirm this, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala revealed the ayah of Surah Talaq, وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا that whoever has the taqwa of Allah Ta'ala, whoever has the fear, the consciousness of Allah, piety in his heart, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open a way for him. مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا He freed himself from the captors, and together with that, Allah had sustained him 
with a means, an avenue which he would have not even perceived, he would have not even conceived. Allah Ta'ala had granted him the camels and the sheep and all of that became his property. When Allah Ta'ala tests in any aspect, sometimes Allah Ta'ala takes us right to the ledge. It is now just for us to move maybe a millimeter forward and we are going to fall. But that is the test of taqwa. It is often known to us that in an educational system, the teacher, the maulana, the ustad will first teach the lesson and then he tests on what was taught. By Allah Rabbul Izzat, it is the opposite. First the test, and then after the test we learn the lesson. So, here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows that if we can adopt taqwa, and that is the very first step that we need to take. Taqwa is not just a two rakats of salat, but it is a way of life that we have to bring total itaat, total obedience to Allah Rabbul Izzat in every aspect, in every respect. Whether we are a musalli in a masjid, we ought to have the taqwa of Allah, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. How we park our motor vehicles, we need to be conscious of Allah that we do not give others any form of taklif. We are out in our businesses, they also the taqwa of Allah Ta'ala is primary and it becomes a priority in the life of a human being. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala used to say, leave haram. That we used to keep away from things that were doubtful to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala even in our businesses. So the first point is that we have and we adopt the taqwa of Allah Rabbul Izzat and through it, Allah wa Ta'ala will grant us barakah and Allah Ta'ala will open the doors of our sustenance. The second we find in the hadith is an abundance of istighfar. وَأَنِسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ يُمَتِّعْكُمْ مَتَاعًا حَسَنًا إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى وَيُؤْتِي كُلَّ ذِي فَضْلٍ فَضْلًا At the very beginning of Surah Hud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the mission of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the mission of the Anbiya alayhi wasalam, and the very primary mission was that you, O Ummat, you bring in your life istighfar. You repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You seek forgiveness from Allah ta'ala. You make tawbah to Allah. Simply, whatever had gone wrong in the past, there is remorse. We come out of that sin. And then we pledge to Allah that we will not go on with that sin. And in this way, we continuously make tawbah, we continuously make istighfar to Allah. Istighfar is not only for a person that we would deem as a sinner. Our Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said he used to make istighfar in abundance, one hadith 70 times, one hadith 100 times a day. That was the condition of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this ayat now. Allah Ta'ala is saying, يُمَتِّعُكُمْ مَتَاعًا حَسَنًا 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless you with an excellent blessing, an excellent mata, an excellent gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, an excellent provision from Allah rabbul izzat. Ila ajalim musamma, for a fixed time, that is in this material world. Whilst we are in this world, Allah Ta'ala takes care of the sustenance of an individual. The more the istighfar, it comes in a hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Man aksara minal istighfari, ja'alallahu min kulli hammin farja. That person that makes an abundance of istighfar, whatever his grief and sorrow be, Allah wa ta'ala will remove him from that grief and sorrow. وَمِن كُلِّ ضِيكٍ مَخْرَجًا And whatever adversities, constricted and lives and constraints he would have had, Allah wa ta'ala will open the way out for that person. وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ And Allah will sustain him from avenues which he would have not fathomed. That is, there is so much of blessings of istighfar. If you look at the life of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahumullah, once he had gone to a masjid and after the salat, he had decided to rest in the masjid. And for some reason, the administrator of the masjid, the person that was looking after the masjid, decided that this is not a place for a man to rest. So he removed him from the masjid and Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal complied and he came out of the masjid. Now, opposite that masjid was the house of a baker. And that baker sees this entire scene, that here he is a man that is looking like he is a traveler. The baker calls him and says to him that rest in my house. So Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal goes to the house of that individual and he rests. But he noticed that while the baker was busy, and this is the important aspect, we can remember Allah Ta'ala in every condition. There are no, there are no conditions for the dhikr of Allah, for istifar, for salawat. So he notices that this man is repeating something, he is saying something. So he asked him, what are you saying whilst you are baking? So he says, all the time I say, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. So Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, from the knowledge of the hadith that he has, he asked the person, my brother, is there any dua in your life that Allah had not accepted? He had understood that one of the benefits of istighfar is that Allah will accept our duas. So the person said to him, yes, Allah has accepted all my du'as, but one du'a. So what is that one du'a that Allah did not accept? The baker replies, I have this burning desire to see Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. Rahimahumullah. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal says, here I am. Allah has accepted that du'a also of yours. So friends, let us try and get into this habit of making istifar, of making tawbah. يُمَتِّعُكُمْ مَتَاعًا hasana. One benefit of istighfar and tawbah, Sahal bin Abdullah Tastari rahmatullah alayhi, he comments on this ayat, 
And this is something where we need to free ourselves from the shackles of azbab, the material means. He says in this, when Allah Ta'ala speaks about an excellent provision, one excellent provision Allah Ta'ala will make for an individual when he engages in an abundance of istighfar and tawbah, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove his heart's gaze from the makhluk and turn the heart towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sab ko nazar se apni girado. Tujh se faqad faryad rahe. That I drop everybody from the gaze of my heart and oh Allah, I need to learn to beseech you and ask from you. So that is in a nutshell the second solution or prescription for an easy sustenance and a sustenance with barakah. The third is abundance of shukar. Abundance of shukar we've heard about on many occasions. I'll just sum it up with the opposite. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودٍ Allah Ta'ala is complaining about you and I, insan. That certainly insan is unappreciative of the ni'mads of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, if we can understand what it is to be unappreciative to Allah, and how we would be defined as being unappreciative, inshallah we will learn what is shukar. Hassan al-Basri rahimahumullah, he used to say, that to be unappreciative to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to concentrate on the difficulties and adversities and challenges that come our way. Now we just discussed, life is going to be like that. Hazrat Madani rahmatullah Ali used to say, if you want a life without adversities and difficulties, then my friend, jannat ki intizar kalle. Wait for jannat. But in this world it is going to happen. So what happens is that a person then latches on to the difficulties. He latches on to the challenges of life and lo and behold he forgets that very many ni'mads that Allah wa ta'ala bestows upon us. Today for us in South Africa cents makes rands. A hundred cents will make one rand. And to us, only rands make sense. So what happens to us is, we forget all the other beautiful ni'mas that Allah wa ta'ala has given us. Take one ni'mat of Allah, dissect it, and you will find that there are millions of ni'mas in one single ni'mat of Allah wa ta'ala. So change that attitude of only complaining, only concentrating on the challenges and difficulties of life and we will pass an entire lifetime and we never turned our gaze towards the beautiful and wonderful ni'mats of Allah wa ta'ala. Secondly, Abu Bakr Wasiti rahmatullah alayhi, he says to utilize the ni'mats of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the disobedience of Allah. What Allah has given, we use that Against the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala, that is the height of being unappreciative to Allah. And then Imam Tirmizi rahmatullah states that one beholds 
the ni'mat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever has been bestowed, but we forget the bestower. We enjoy the ni'mats of Allah. But then we forget Allah wa ta'ala in the equation. If we can remove those three aspects from our lives, then we will be making shukr to Allah wa ta'ala. And of course we hear it time and time again, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ If we make shukr to Allah, Allah will increase. That is the third. The fourth is an abundance of sadaqah. An abundance of sadaqah is not necessarily by way of volume or quantity. In the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam speaks about Allah Ta'ala appointing two angels. And one angel making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma aati munfiqan khalafa. That oh Allah grant the person that spends, grant him a good remuneration. وَمَا أَنفَقْتُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَهُوَ يُخْلَفُ Whatever you spend, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replenish it. Allah ta'ala will recompense. And when Allah recompenses, Allah doesn't recompense ran to ran. Allah recompenses in abundance. And that person who does not spend, an angel is cursing that person. Oh Allah, destroy the person that holds back. So we need to make the habit of spending. Abdullah bin Jafar once was traveling in Medina Munawwara and he came across a particular garden and orchard and in that orchard he saw a slave and he saw the most wonderful scene that any human being will see in his life that the slave is partaking of his food and the equal size of morsel that he would put in his mouth he will take the equal size of morsel and put it into the mouth of the dog. So he was so marveled at this, he asked the person, why do you do this? You could give the dog inferior, you could eat the meat and give him the bones. He replied that this dog, as a guard dog, has been with me for almost all my life, or for a long time. And it does not behove me to think about tomorrow on the courts of Allah, I will be questioned that you ate well, whilst you didn't feed the dog well. He was very impressed. He asked him who the orchard belongs to. The response was to the descendants of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Abdullah bin Jafar goes back to Medina Tayyibah. And in Medina Tayyibah, he tries to broker a deal between himself and the owners of that orchard. Sell me the orchard. They said, we'll give it to you as hadiyah. That was the spirit of Medina in those days. <coughs> We'll give it to you as a gift. He said, no, I would like to pay for it. They settle on a price. The next was, sell me the slave. They said, the slave has been with us from childhood. We cannot possibly sell the slave. Somehow he managed to convince them. He purchased the orchard, he purchased the slave. He goes to the orchard and he announces to the slave that I have purchased the orchard, I have purchased you, the slave makes Mubarak. And he says, I have freed you and I give you the orchard. It's yours. The brother is a slave. The slave responds, if you have done that, then I make this orchard waqaf for the children and the progeny of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala. Such was that spirit of spending in the times of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een.
Allah Ta'ala give us that spirit. And then the last is sila rahmi, and that is to mend our relationship between our close family members. Brothers, today, again, it is a few pennies, a few coppers that we fight about, and the result is that a whole life is spent, or two lives are spent, or families spend their lives not speaking to each other. It comes in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that when we make sila rahmi, we join family ties. It is in that that Allah wa ta'ala will grant us barakah. So these are the five prescriptions very quickly. The first is the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second is tawbah and istighfar. Number three is shukr. Number four is sadaqah. And number five is sila rahmi, mending family ties. And inshallah we will see. If we do this, not for the material purposes, but for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah wa ta'ala will certainly grant us barakah in our sustenance. May Allah wa ta'ala grant us all barakah in our sustenance. Those amongst us who are ill and sick, Allah Ta'ala grant shifa. Allah Ta'ala grant all the marhumin jannatul firdaus. And wherever the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is suffering, Allah wa Ta'ala alleviate and relieve them of the sufferings. Wa akhirul da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.